As expected, Michigan football is the third straight Big Ten champion, having taken down Iowa 26 to nothing in the Big Ten championship game. Amazing weekend in Indianapolis, which caps off with Michigan being the number one team in the country set to go to the Rose Bowl to face off against Alabama. I couldn't be any happier about it. We're going to talk about all of it on this episode of Locked On Wolverines. You are Locked On Wolverines, your daily podcast on the Michigan Wolverines, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Monday. We are back and doing it. Locked on Wolverines podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. I'm your man on the ground, Isaiah Hole, publisher of Wolverines Wire through USA Today Sports Media Group. It is a struggle session over here after uh, the full 13 game gauntlet with a bye week that received no rest. And uh, I, I met a bunch of you out in Indianapolis, uh, some just out on the street, some while I was having breakfast, some in the hotels. Some, uh, at, I don't think I met anyone at the game, but some at the meet and greet with the fort, which was, uh, from the Wolverine.com. That was absolutely incredible. Some of you got to meet one of my, uh, one of my main sources actually, who came and graced themselves with their presence at, uh, at district tap between the hours of, uh, two and 4 PM or so. So that was very cool. Uh, so like very, very happy to, uh, put some names and faces to just, uh, people out there and get to interact with you. Uh, to me, that is the best part, right? That is the absolute best part. The worst part is leaving this little one here that is begging for attention right now, uh, underneath me. And that would be Zuri, uh, which Zuri people talked about you that I met. People mentioned you. She is a famous puppy. Um, but, uh, Nonetheless, I mean, it was just absolutely to me, that's the best part is getting to go because it's like I, I was telling Sarah, it's just a joyous, absolute joyous occasion to, to go to Indianapolis, right? Especially because uh, there is an expectation that Michigan will win uh, when they go to Indianapolis. And everyone's just, you know, is excited to kind of culminate the regular season with the first postseason game. Everyone's excited to be there. Everyone's excited to see each other. It's just, it's a grand occasion, and it was absolutely wonderful. It's, uh, Indianapolis is my least favorite drive that I ever have to make, whether it's for Indiana games or Big Ten media days. I love it in December. I absolutely love it. And it was made better by a Michigan win, of course, because then the joyousness continues. And that joyousness continued into Saturday, or sorry, Sunday, with the uh, the revelation of uh, Michigan playing Alabama. We'll get to that in a moment. I was your man on the ground for that as well. But um, it, it obviously the game was a little frustrating. It was a little lackluster. Michigan against Iowa. You know, Iowa Iowa up the game. And I'm, I'm not terribly surprised. It kind of just felt like any of those games. It kind of felt like the Maryland game, except that there was never... I, well, I didn't doubt Maryland uh, or doubt... I didn't doubt that uh, Michigan was going to beat Maryland. You know, it was never too close for comfort per se. I mean, yes, I wanted to see like a a 40 something to single digits. And we didn't get that. I predicted 35 to, uh, to seven and we didn't get that. Certainly if Michigan would have converted a couple, uh, drives from, uh, field goals into touchdowns and we could have had 42 to nothing, but that's not how that game went. 
And it's fine. It just kind of felt like Michigan was just kind of not all in the right spot. So JJ still has some issues, I've been told, uh, that he's kind of dealing with. Uh, Greg, not Greg Crippen, but Drake Nugent uh, is a guy that was, I was told before the game, and other people have said this now, and I was told by a colleague, not like by a source, that uh, Greg Crippen was in dire uh, potential situation of not playing. Uh, so it's. Um, there, there, there was a lot kind of going on, uncharacteristic drops and all these types of things. Like Michigan knows it's supposed to beat Iowa, right? It, it's kind of like just any one of those games where it's like, okay, Michigan knows it's better than, right? It, and I understand it's a championship game. You want to put your best foot forward. There's a difference between winning your third straight Big Ten championship and winning the first one. The first one, they, they pulled stuff out of the bag, right, uh, for the Iowa game. And uh, that showed, right? They were, they were going to make sure that that game was over. Once Michigan went up 10 nothing, it was just kind of done, right? Um, lots of turnovers, big punt return from Samaj Morgan, uh, two touchdowns by uh, Blake Corum, and a shutout. I mean, kind of what more do you want? Like, I wasn't even under the pretense except for when Tommy Doman had the fumble that bounced backwards 20 yards after it hit that Iowa was even going to have a chance to score. There was just no point in which... They felt threatening in any way, shape, or form. So, I mean, it's, it's a good win, and they still Iowa'd it up, and Michigan still could have won by more, but it did what it needed to do, and it got out of there and, uh, you know, didn't really show you anything, and that's fine. Like, like I said to someone after all of this, I think it was Clayton, the thing that about it is, no, it was, it was my best friend, Doug. Uh, I was saying, like, the, the thing about this win, winning 20 six to nothing that feels like an Alabama type win in their heyday, right? They're still in their heyday, but you know, in their heyday, heyday in the middle of the 2010s, right? It felt like a type of game where it was just like, yeah, they just went out there and won. It wasn't, it wasn't anything very exciting. They just went out there and did it and it was fine. And, but I mean, to get a four score win where I'm, I guess technically yeah, four score, four score win. Yep. Four scores you know, beat the spread and all of that to get that against a ranked opponent. I mean, I, I know that I see a lot of people tweeting that saying that people are complaining about it. I haven't seen any complaints myself, but if you are complaining about it, listen, they, they did what they needed to do and got out of there. No major injuries uh, outside of the ones they already had. There's things to fix. Yes. The offensive line looked putrid in this one. Uh, but they've got a month, month to fix it. The offensive line has had its moments where it has not looked good this year, especially late, but they can fix it. These are players who have been able to do it. That, you know, Carson Barnhart, Trent A. Jones, Drake Nugent, the, you know, Ladarius Henderson. These are players that have been able to play at that high level. We've seen them do it. Whether it was last year or early points this year, we've seen them do it. And so they just got to get put it together, have a little bit more complicated run schemes. I thought there was a lot of yards left out on the ground, some some missed blocks and missed uh, missed holes, things of that nature. A couple times that JJ tripped on the turf. The turf looked like it had some seam problems, all of that. And um, and yet they still won comfortably. There was never really a doubt that Iowa was going to get back into the game. So unless Michigan made a bigger mistake and JJ had a couple throws that were a little errant, but again, no harm, no foul. Didn't end up actually hurting them. 
But next, we get into the Rose Bowl. I am excited. I was running around the, the, the Westin like a super excited puppy, like the puppy that th- thinks she heard a, uh, well, she hears voices outside, so now she's sitting on her, her perch by the window. That's what I was like because I was super excited about the Rose Bowl. I was super excited just about the big name caliber of this matchup. That's what I wanted. I didn't want Florida State. No offense to Florida State, but I didn't want that. We'll get into that. Like I said, I had my, I was there when the, the team was announced. I'm sure you, a lot of you saw the video. We're going to talk about it here in just a moment. But before we do, when you are hiring for your small business, you want to have as many top tier candidates as possible to interview. That's why you've got to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. And it is super easy to create a job post on LinkedIn Jobs. Once you do, add the purple hashtag hiring frame to let everyone know that you are hiring. You can dip into your own personal transfer portal to help your team win your own championship, just like Michigan just did, by going to LinkedIn Jobs and finding those candidates you want to talk to on LinkedIn. It's not just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you've got that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 80%, 86% rather, of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. They've even just launched a new feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Zuri hears my neighbor outside. I can hear them. So she's she's out there. She's no longer with us in the room, uh, as I hope. Um, I have to say, like, again, I, I really appreciated meeting so many of you. Uh, out there in Indianapolis. It, it's weird to me because uh, a lot of you know my face, mostly from this show, I'm assuming. And it's like uh, I'm just doing this in a spare, like my my second bedroom, right? Um, before I was doing it in my basement with the little set I created. This isn't really a set. I mean, it's a little bit of a set, not really. It's just my desk and a couple lights and a bookshelf and my treadmill is over there and it's going woefully unused and there's still a bunch of boxes from having moved that I haven't done anything with i should probably put those in the basement and especially because i need to start using the treadmill here having put on i don't know what 50 pounds since the last time michigan played alabama that's not great it's not good at all need to need to tone down a little bit uh but yes michigan is playing alabama i am stoked for that personally um i've long been saying i don't want the path of easiest resistance because we saw what happened last time when that happened 
Florida State would have been fat. I have talked to people all year long within the program. Some of my sources, I know people like to make fun of that, but it is. Some of my sources uh, who are with were, are within the walls of uh, Schembechler Hall, who've long said that they, they are like licking their chops at the idea of playing Florida State, and that's even with Jordan Travis. And even without him, that would have been even more so. And while that is great, uh, considering everything that is kind of going on, all the outside noise that's that's mostly died down but kind of started coming roaring back yesterday a little bit, I would much rather that Michigan goes and takes on a harder opponent and takes them down. Because if you are supposedly the best team in the country, listen, anyone can lose any given Saturday. Alabama lost to Texas, right? And Alabama theoretically is a better team than it was. That's what people say. It's a much different team. Uh, that's not how uh, they were spoken of before, but I'll take their word for it. It's, um, I think that, that while that holds true to some degree, at, at the same time, I'd rather that you, you face the brand name. I, I want the, excite, the most exciting game, right? I want, and it's the most exciting game in all of bowl season. You got Jim Harbaugh versus Nick Saban. I don't know a lot of people on Alabama's teams. Only I can only name you two offhand, and that's Jalen Milrow and Isaiah Bond. That's it. It would be cool if my last name was Bond. <laughs> but, you know, for all this talk that Alabama is just a completely different team, I mean, to some degree that is true. But, like, since Milrow started coming up, but like, we look at – we're going from – I'm just going to read you what their scores are. So Middle Tennessee, they destroyed 56-7. to Then they lost by 10 to Texas. They beat South Florida. USF, and not a good team at all, 17-3. to Beat Ole Miss 24-10. to That shows you how good their defense can be. Mississippi State 40-17. to Texas A&M 26-20. Arkansas 24-21. to So there's the first seven games of the season. And then they kind of started perking up a little bit. Tennessee 34-20. LSU 42-28. Kentucky 49-21. Chattanooga and FCS team. 66 to 10, really struggled and had to pull out a miracle against Auburn, 27 24, and that's the same score by which they won against Auburn and Georgia. Alabama is a beatable team, but they are still Alabama. And playing them in the iconic Rose Bowl, no, I'm not excited about being on a five hour flight. That's five hours and 30 minutes, which is weird. When I lived in California, it was five hours. So that I would always be like four hours and 15 minutes, four hours and 30. So it better not be that long. I mean, I guess I get used to it if I want to fly places, but um, <laughs> I'm getting better at flying. It's just I don't like it. Um, but I, I think like having that, I, I wanted to go to New Orleans because I thought that it would be just a, like a more fun atmosphere. But I, once it was announced, the Rose Bowl, I, all of that like prestige of that game kind of came screaming back to me. And I was excited about that. I was even more excited when I saw that, that this whole thing kicks off for the media at Disneyland. I'm going to ride me some Rise of the Resistance. I'm going to make Angelique go on it. I'm very excited about that. And, um, yeah, so, I mean, all of that, I think, is fun. But I just think that when you have the most prestigious bowl game, you have it in Pasadena, obviously, which is, like, the only area in Los Angeles County that I'm still fond of. And then you have, uh, you know, you've got the backdrop. You've got the brand name. I much prefer all of that over facing Florida State. I much prefer just like, because if, if you were sitting here saying, here's what Mike Nordell says about Michigan, then uh, I, I'm, I don't think any of you are nearly as interested as, here's what Nick Saban says about Michigan. 
that that's how I feel. I care way more about what Nick Saban says than I do about what Mike Norvell says. Now, I feel awful for Florida State. They absolutely deserve to be in this situation, to be in the college football playoff. But I also understand, right, like if you're really trying to get the four best teams, at this point, it's even though they're undefeated, it's hard to put them in just based off of just kind of everything. I do think that they've shown a lot of perseverance, and I do think that Michigan is in the situation where you probably don't want it to be because even though – uh, Michigan will have to, in order to win a national championship, have to face uh, Alabama and either Texas or Washington in order to win it all. Florida State can go out and beat Georgia and then will certainly claim to be a national champion. And I'm sure some people will go along with them on that. Michigan will have yet another, quote, split title, half championship, even though Michigan will have earned what it got. So, um, I feel I feel bad for Florida State, but I am very excited about this particular matchup. And now, um, I was in the room when uh, with all the players and everyone when it was announced. I see some people saying like, "Oh, they definitely were when they saw Alabama came up. They they were like, oh, that's not who we want to play or whatever.'" And some say like, "Oh, it was just a reaction, just to, like the rest of us, uh, to uh, to it not being Florida State, just kind of given." the shock of being an undefeated team. Anyone who wants to tell you exactly what they were thinking in that moment is just describing exact uh, whatever they want to believe in that moment. It was a tepid reaction to Alabama being announced. That's how I put it out there. And it could be for either of the reasons. Now, I will say, having talked to uh, the, the players we talked to, Mike Barrett, Blake Corum, Chris Jenkins, Donovan Edwards, afterwards, they were all seemingly very excited to play Alabama. They had at least... Uh, showed the enthusiasm literally moments afterwards, like, okay, we're good to go. Like, you know, this is exciting. Like they had talking points ready to go for Alabama already, you know, and they're excited for the challenge. That's exactly what you want out of that. So I, I, you know, take that for what it's worth. I don't think it's one or the other. I think it's maybe a little bit of both, but anyone who will tell you one way or the other, it's like they heard Alabama and said, oh, we just don't want to play them. Uh Uh-uh. I think that they're trying to push an agenda on one end and ones that say like, oh, it was just the Florida State thing, right? They're just shocked. I think that they're trying to push an agenda on the other end. So it's probably a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B. So how do I feel about this Michigan-Alabama matchup? We're going to get into some of the advanced stats a little bit, just a tiny bit. And I'm going to tell you uh, about the one disparity that I found uh, of these teams here in just a moment before we do listen it's monday night the weather is cold but nfl offers stay hot on fanduel and right now say it's say you you get to this before monday night football starts which is maybe you do maybe you don't you can have a little extra fun by playing along with fanduel with new customers they get 150 dollars in bonus bets with any five dollar money line bet 150 bucks just if your team wins that's it that's simple Put on, you know, go put five bucks on the game tonight. Get one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets if that if your team wins. That simple. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. Instant withdrawals, spreads, player props, over unders, a heck of a lot more makes the app just so absolutely incredible. So visit FanDuel.com/slash/lockdown. Kick off the NFL season. FanDuel official partner of the NFL.
I'll tell you what, once the season ends, once you get through those 13 weeks, I, my body and mind crash. It's taken me until my plan was to wake up and do a podcast. I didn't do one yesterday because I got home and just crashed. Uh, I was struggling to stay awake while driving, four hours of sleep before getting up, getting breakfast, getting over to the, the West End to, to meet up with the team and all of that stuff. Got, went, picked up Zuri when I got back, sat down on the couch, didn't mean to fall asleep, but fell asleep. Woke up, went to bed, and that was it. Uh, but um, yeah, today it's just been more of the same. I've gotten like twelve hours of sleep. I think That's how it goes. Uh, in at the end of the season, every year I don't feel like I'm getting sick, so that's the good thing. Because usually today's the day that I'm like, oh, I don't feel good. Maybe I'm fighting it off. Maybe that's why the sleep. I don't know. But uh, I'm glad to be here with you because a couple hours ago, I'm like, I don't know if I can stay awake for a whole episode, but I am, I'm not going to say I'm bright eyed and bushy tailed here, but I'm here and I'm excited to be with you in the moment. So um, I did meet some people in the game. Now that I think about it, someone asked me when, when the pod was dropping, it's, it's a pretty normal question these days. And my answer to most of you is, I don't know. Michigan, Alabama. Uh, I am excited about this one, and I am excited about any of the slate. If I have my own way, Michigan plays Alabama and wins, then Michigan plays Texas and wins. Um, Those are the two teams that I would most want to see, not based off of style of play or anything like that. It's based off of just what I want, the teams I want to see, because I would prefer, and I've been saying this all season, I prefer the big-name matchup. I prefer the Georgias of the world. Now, I, do I prefer the result that came with the Georgia in 2021? No, I don't. But I prefer the Georgias of the world. Do I think Michigan can win this game? Absolutely. Do I think they will? I don't know yet. I'm probably going to pick Michigan to lose, kind of under the same principle of why I picked Michigan to lose to Ohio State for several years, as saying on this very program, that I will do that until they win. And then once they win, then I can change it. And I did exactly that. So I, I, that's kind of where I'm at with the college football playoff semifinal. I do think Michigan will have their, they'll be perked up a little bit more. And this is not, Michigan at the number one seed is not going into this in the same type of thing as Georgia, who had dropped to three, Michigan had risen to two, and that, you know, Georgia was considered far and away the best program in all of college football that entire year. Um, this is Alabama rising from eight all the way up here. So there's that. What, there's one, when you look at what Alabama and Michigan do, they are very similar in almost every way, you know, fashion, okay? Uh, almost entirely, except for one place. When you look categorically at everything, like there might be some things where Alabama's just, a, you know, it's a little bit better, or in some that are Michigan's a little bit better, but when you look at like the stats, they're almost perfectly aligned. Michigan is Slightly better than Alabama in every, almost every metric. Alabama, I would say, has played a few tougher teams because they've played, you know, Michigan's obviously played three ranked teams. Alabama has played, I think, about, you know, maybe four. I think Tennessee was ranked at the time. Uh, but they've played Ole Miss, LSU. Uh, they've played, uh, let, well, let's see, do I still have this up? Texas, so they played Texas, Ole Miss, Tennessee, LSU, Georgia. So, They've got, uh, what, one, two, three, four, five. So five ranked matchups, and they lost one of them. 
So there's that. And they've won all but one of them. Uh, but there's the one place where they have a stat disparity and that sacks allowed. They are 125th in the country in sacks allowed, allowing having allowed 43. Michigan has gotten worse at sacks allowed lately, but they've still only just to tell you exactly what that number is. 18. Alabama has given up 43. Michigan's allowing 1.39 sacks per game now. Obviously, that's due to a couple multi-sack games. Alabama is allowing 3.31 sacks per game. This is an opportunity for the defensive line to feast, but they have to keep contain on Jalen Milrow. Absolutely have to. When it comes to uh, the advanced analytics, um, Bill Connolly tweeted earlier today that he, he had, would have Michigan winning. I think it was 29 to 20. Michigan is still the number one team in the country, according to the post 13 SP plus rankings with the number nine defense, number two, oh, sorry, number nine offense, number two defense, number five special teams. Alabama is ranked number eight with the number 13 offense, the number eight defense, and number four special teams. So just slightly better on special teams, but worse than the others. Look at Brian Fremo's uh, FBI ratings, and Michigan is also number one with the number five offense and number four defense. Strength of schedule is, I don't know how to read these things very well on this because I don't go to Fremo Index often. 36, Alabama's number 11 with the 21 offense and number nine defense. And with the strength of schedule, it's six. So they've done against a better strength of schedule. But when you look at, again, they beat Georgia, number four. Michigan beat Ohio State, number three. Uh, Alabama also lost to number six, Texas, and beat number seven, LSU. So there's that. Michigan has to uh, also can claim Ohio State three, Penn State five. So that's that's good stuff. Uh, they have, Ohio State is the number one defense, Michi- uh, according to FEI. Michigan, with the number five offense, uh, put up 30 points. This game will be a lot more imaginative for the Wolverines than the Iowa game, and I would expect it to look more a lot like Ohio State, especially because they know they have a hump to get over. Will it work? I don't know. ESPN, Adam Rittenberg, who is a friend of mine, he has uh, Michigan losing to Alabama 31-23, saying that Alabama is a flawed but ascending team as it displayed by controlling the SEC championship game. Jalen Milrow is among the nation's most improved players and will attack downfield against a Michigan secondary led by takeaway generating star Mike Sainer still. Uh, The disparity between the two teams in the postseason is too much to ignore. Alabama's Nick Saban has won seven national titles and boasts a 9-4 record in CFP games. Jim Harbaugh, like his college coach, Bo Schembechler, has been much better in the Big Ten than on the national stage, going 1-6 in bowl games and 0-2 in the CFP. Uh, so and it says Milrow will lead a big fourth quarter as the tide roll on to the national title game. I trust Michigan's defense, I think, a little bit more than Alabama's, personally. Um, I trust J.J. McCarthy over Jalen Milrow, personally. But Michigan needs its offensive line to step up and play better. It needs the run game to be better. There have been teams that have run on Alabama, uh, Auburn being one who has, right? So uh, looking at this real fast here, looking at the what other teams have done, not everyone, right? There's the miss, you Ole Miss, 29 carries for 56 yards. That's not great. Auburn, 42 carries for 244 yards. LSU, 24 carries for 206 yards, and Jaden you know, Daniels being a big part of that. Um, 
USF, 46 for 177. That's only 3.8 yards per carry, but that's still something. Uh, but Georgia could not run on them. When it comes to Alabama rushing, they did really well against LSU. They did really well against Middle Tennessee, South Florida. Uh, they did okay, you know, pretty good against Arkansas. They did not great, but I mean, good, decent 42 for 138 against Tennessee. 44 for 192 against Auburn. 41 for 114 against Georgia. It's, it, it feels very similar, right? They feel like very similar teams in a lot of ways. Um, but I just, I trust Michigan more. That said, I'll still pick against them because that's just how we're going to do it anyway. All right, that's going to do it for this episode. We're going to continue to dive deeper into all things. Uh, Michigan did not have to worry about any, losing anyone to the transfer portal. Ohio State certainly did. We're probably going to get into that tomorrow. And we're going to get into just a lot of other things that are just out there in the ether at the moment. So thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you again soon. Peace.